Well, this isn't very good. Welcome back to Sucktastic Cinema, where if these movies try too hard or know what they are, endearment is the name of the game. I'm Steven. And I'm Matt. And we are back, just the two of I'm us. I'm Matt. All right. Uh, I'm back. Oops. We are back. Oh? <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> we are back, just the two of us. It's been about a month since it's just been the two of us. Just the two of us. Okay, that's why. <laughs> um, but we've just had guests our last few episodes. Yeah. Um, Which has been fun. Yeah, it's been great. It's been fun. We're going to have a guest next week. Um, yes. As it, mm-hmm. as it looks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just Matt and I this week talking about a film, as you probably all already saw, uh, the third installment. Uh, IMDb gives a nice bit of trivia. It says Spy Kids 3D is the third installment, <laughs> or, or Spy Kids 3 is the third installment in the series. And I'm like, thank you for that thank information. You. I, I wouldn't have gotten that myself. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. But we're talking Spy Kids 3D. Uh, this week, if you listen to our Shark Boy and Lava Girl episode, oh yeah, triple D, you have some. Oh baby, <laughs> you have some familiarity with uh, with Ro- the Robert Rodriguez's mo with these types of movies. Yes, these kids movies. These kids, yes, these kids movies, and we do want to preface and say we know they are kids movies. Yes. That's why they get a pass with a lot of things in this movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that some of it isn't hokey and stupid. I was also a kid when I first saw it. Yeah. So saw it I the feel theaters. like I am qualified. Yeah, saw it in the theaters. Yep. Um, you know, was yeah, still a kid. Anyway, we're talking Spy Kids 3D yes. today. Um, we also, we want to say at the time we're recording this, uh, I don't know when their episode will drop, but yeah. uh, our buddies, Chris and Joe, who are on Street Fighter, mm-hmm. and they do From the Point podcast, which is a blues hockey yep. podcast. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good guys. Yes, very fun listen. We had the great privilege of recording with them yep. um, yesterday when we're recording this yep. on November 14th. Yeah. Um, so, and that was a blast, and we're looking forward yeah. to hearing that. Keep your eye out, or your eyes and your ears out for that. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to follow them, they're at From the Point PC on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, exactly. So we've been on there before, and it's always a blast. I love mm-hmm. talking to those guys. Yep, it was a good time. Uh, and before we get into our good time here, Matt, why don't you let everyone know where they can find us? We are at From the Point PC on Instagram. That's right. <laughs> ah, sorry. Uh, no, we are at Sucktastic Pod on Instagram, and then we are at Sucktastic Sin on Twitter. That is CIN for cinema. If this is your first time here, we call our listeners our sinners. We happened upon it on accident, but. Guess what? We're using it now. So if this is your first time, welcome, sinner. Mm-hmm. If this is your, if you're a returning listener, welcome back, sinner. Mm-hmm. We love you. Then there are suns on the moon. Yes, more than there are suns on the moon. Yes. So thank and you. We're talking, boy, children, all the suns, every sun that's ever been shipped to the moon. We're talking Juni Cortez on the moon with Ricardo Montalban. Exactly, which is the great. Buddy cop movie we all didn't know we wanted, <laughs> yes, but got for uh, most of this film. So thank you, Double R. Yes, it's movie time. And now for our feature presentation, Spy Kids 3D, released July 25th, 2003. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, so this is his second appearance Mm -hmm. on Sucktastic. Starring Daryl Sabara as Juni Cortez, uh, Alexa Pena Vega, who she was Alexa Vega at the time. This is her second time. As Carmen Cortez, Ricardo Montalban, as Matt Mm. just said, as grandfather. The Chevy Cordoba. Yes, a a rich Corinthian leather. Corinthian leather. Yep, he was also in, uh, he's the Wrath of Khan. He was also in Face. I you going to say he was the Rat Man. <laughs> he's the Rat Man in the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> it's a dual role. He plays Khan and he plays the Rat Man. A good guy and a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Rat, rat Man is someone they encountered on like a weird planet and they thought he was bad. He ended up being good. He helped them navigate the planet. Mm-hmm. He's got a showdown with Khan, so that, <laughs> that was weird. He gets blasted. <laughs> So yes, he was the Rat Man. Rat Blast. <laughs> he was also on Fantasy Island. Yes. 
Fantasy uh, Factory. <laughs> Rat, Rob Rat Man Fantasy Factory. <laughs> he brought his wheelchair from this movie so he could go off a half pipe. Exactly. Or a ramp. He's not really in a wheelchair, so he just flies out of his... He, fl- he tries going up... A, he tries going down a ramp, and he flies off of his... He f- lands off of his wheelchair. They use CGI Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> so he starts bouncing around like a ball. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so all that happened. Uh, Sylvester, <laughs> S- <laughs> Sylvester Stallone making his second appearance. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. uh, the doy maker. Yeah. Um, Mike Judge as Donigan Giggles. Mm. Beavis Butthead. Mike. You know. Yeah. Mike, uh, Hank Hill. Comedic genius. Yep. Underrated comedic genius. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Office space. Yeah. Idiocracy. King of the Hill. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, he appears in this. Uh, Selma Hayek as Francesca Giggles. Ryan Pinkston as Arthur, Robert Vito as Rez, hey, Bob, yeah, Vito. Robert Vito. <laughs> uh, Bobby Edner as Francis, Courtney Gines as Demetra, with appearances by, it's a long list, mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas, Antonio Banderas, Antonio Banderas, Antonio! It's such, that's such an inside joke, mm-hmm. and we should stop doing that because no one's going to get it. Well, we'll eventually get to where it came from when we oh, review yes. um, the um, – what's that called? What's that documentary called? Confessions again? of a Superhero. Confessions of a Superhero. Yeah. We'll eventually get to that. Uh, Antonio Banderas as Gregorio Cortez. Carla Gugino as Ingrid Cortez. Holland Taylor as Grandma. Matt O'Leary. Grandma. 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 Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Matt O'Leary as Gary Giggles. Emily Osment as Gertie Giggles. Cheech Marin as Felix. Danny Trejo as Uncle Machete. Mm. Alan Cumming making his second appearance yeah. as Floop. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in Spice World. Tony Shalhoub as Minion. Steve Buscemi as Romero. Bill Paxton as Dinky Winks. <laughs> Dinky Winks. Um, George Clooney as Devlin. Elijah Wood as the guy. And a brief appearance by Selena Gomez as the little girl at the water park oh, yeah. in the beginning. Her first, uh, at her first movie role. Because mm-hmm. she was on Barney. Yeah. Barney? <laughs> Not that Barney. Two Adam Sandler references uh, in the last minute. Two so. spaghetti meals in one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so a lot of... A lot of characters from the previous two Spike. Oh movies. yeah, because this was supposed to be the, like the final movie. Yeah, it, it has a, it has a nice finality to I it. I liked it, and yeah. then they've made the fourth one, like, which I've never seen. Like, no, I haven't either. Yeah. but you know, I I stand by the three. So these the Spike Kids movies was literally oh one oh two oh three. Yeah, and in those years we were ten eleven twelve. Yeah, so we're talking fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. So like we're the audience for this three like three not as much as the first two, but those yeah, first yeah. two hold a super special spot in my very, heart. Very very nostalgic, especially once like you see Antonio Banderas and Carlos Gugino showing up at the end. Mm-hmm. It just it it. It takes me back to the first movie yeah. and the the our life that the way our life was surrounding that time. And, Spy Kids and Shrek yeah. are synonymous for yeah. me to one another because it was that that it was like a Friday night. We just moved into the house that our parents still live in. Yeah, and our mom rented a Spy Kids Shrek in '61. Yeah, and watched all of them countless times, and then yes. we ended up owning all of them. Yeah. And, it was it, so those those movies are special. What a time synonymous. to be alive! Exactly, ten years old, two thousand and one. Spike Kids two we saw in the theaters. Yes, with Grandma mm-hmm. and Grandpa, we were in Nashville. Yep, and we saw that in the theaters. And they fell asleep, <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was it was it was more of an epic scale. It does what a sequel should, and that's yeah. expand upon the story and yep. and put it bring it to new heights in yes. some ways. Um, and then the third one we saw uh, because it's the third. We like the Spy Kids. Yeah. And, you know, Gotta, it was the last one. Got to see the last, last one. one. And it was 3D. And yeah, whatever that's they worth. Definitely, uh, they definitely milked the 3D. Oh, yeah. Um, but it made $197 million on a $38 million budget. Ooh. And you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> we did it. Uh, and like always, every week, what was on the VHS? We're still a few years out at this point uh, from VHS becoming obsolete. Yep. So still there's a VHS release of Spy Kids 3D. Uh, coming to theaters, Ella Enchanted, based mm. off the book. Yeah. This one has Anne Hathaway in it. Coming soon to video and DVD, Brother Bear. Mm. Um, trailers for Spy Kids and Spy Kids 2 on, v- on video and DVD. So in case yeah. you, know, you need a little recap Have of come films. save the world. Yep. Spy Kids. I remember. Yeah. I mm-hmm. remember that. Um, and again, right from the jump, 
as the title the title cards hit and they make every effort to capitalize on the 3D aspect yeah. of the movie. Yeah. So, let's get into let's it. Let's get into the movie. It opens. This episode's not in 3D by the way. Sorry. No, yeah. Sorry everybody. Yeah. Uh opens on an abandoned music opens on an abandoned amusement amusement Opens on an abandoned amusement park. There's too many A's. Yeah. With a, with sexy sax music. Mm. We start getting narration from the whiny little brother from the other two Spy Kid movies, and it mimics the style of hard-boiled detective media from the 40s. He talks about how he was wronged by a spy outfit, the OSS, and now he's off on his own doing private detective work. Hard-boiled. Hard-boiled. So this the is, Juni Cortez story. Exactly. This is Juni Cortez. Yeah. Junie approaches a little girl in a fur coat who has called him and, presum- and presumably runs the amusement park. But she finds out, Junie tells her she doesn't run the amusement park. Uh, and she's yeah. surprised by this fact. Yeah. He- there, the, the, the comedy in this movie actually hits more than you would think. Yeah, it's it's a little more... It, there are things that are more subtle. It's not laugh out loud hilarious, but if, if you're a parent watching this with your kid, you're like, huh. <laughs> That's funny. Like a term for a private detective was like a gum shoe. Yeah. And like Junie says, you know, this yeah. private detective, a gum shoe. And it yeah. shows him having gum on his shoe. Yeah. And like, oh, that's a funny kind of visual this thing. This little girl thinks she owns mm-hmm. a water park. He's, it's just, you know, like a kid go who goes to a water park a lot. They're like, I own this place. Yeah. It's like, why is nobody here? And Junie's like, I know why there's nobody here. And she's like, pray tell. And he's like, well, it's winter time, and that's why the water's not here. Also, I don't think you own this park. Yeah, she's like, who turned the water off? He's like, the people that actually own this park. And she's like, oh, that's yeah, pretty that's, funny. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, already more competent than Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, Junie continues on about not being a spy anymore and how he keeps getting pestered by the OSS to be a spy again. He continues to talk about his own interests, one of which being a virtual video game called Game Over. We get exposition from Sylvester Stallone and a goofy get-up and fake mustache as a newscaster about the game's creator, the toy maker, who is also played by Sylvester Stallone. At the, I remember at this time, it was so weird to see Sylvester Stallone in a role like this because up up to this point, we only knew him from the Rocky movies because we grew up watching yeah, those movies. essentially. And then, you know, the dramatic role here and there. Mm-hmm. And even if we hadn't seen one of his dramatic roles, we knew, mm-hmm. especially in the 2000s, like Sylvester Stallone, he's just he's just going to do drama and action movies. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to see him in a, a kid's movie acting silly. Yeah. And, I mean, he obviously, he more than likely did this for his kids. Oh, yeah, because he asked his kids, like, you ever seen this bad kid movie? Like, yeah. He's like, Whoop, sign me up. Yep, exactly. And, and I will say that that was a uh that was over exaggerated Sylvester Stallone impression, but I have extreme reverence mm-hmm. for the man. Oh yeah, so. exactly. And he's one of the better parts of this movie. He is, yeah. Um, he, at one point, you even text me, you're like, he's going full Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Junie catches a glimpse of an old man putting up a sign while he's waiting in line at the game at the yeah. video game store. Junie catches a glimpse of an old man putting up a sign on a building for charity. Yeah. For a charity. He's not doing it for, like, charity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm putting up this sign for charity. Yeah. Uh, Junie contemplates whether or not if things are bigger than video games. But as he walks over to give away his money, Silly Stallone on the news goes on about the untold riches the game holds. Silly Stallone sounds like one of the names of his kids. Yeah. Because they're like Sistine and, and like... Sicily. Oh, and, Sicily and Silly. And Sage. And, and, Sage, yeah. And uh, yes, uh, Stallone Stallone. <laughs> Stallone Stallone. He's the oldest. Yes. He, uh, he's got a big rat face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Stallone on the news goes on about the untold riches the game holds. Uh, so Junie hears this and says, fuck the poor. Video games are a way of life, baby. Yeah. However, he gets lit from another boy uh, about not getting cut or about, oops, uh, he gets lit from another boy about not cutting in line. And Junie does what he does best and whines he didn't leave the line when obviously he did. Junie tries to walk Good. away with his no tail. No special with... treatment for Judy. Exactly. Sorry, Judy. Judy! Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, he tries to walk away with his tail between his legs, but he trips on the curb and falls on his face. At his headquarters, Junie licks his wounds and gets gifts from Romero, the guy on the island of Lost Dreams from the second movie. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Gertie Giggles, one of the villains from the second movie, flies into an opening of of his HQ via her helicopter pigtails. Hannah Montana's friend. Hannah Montana's friend. She's good now. And uh, she gives Junie more business about being a spy because being a private dick ain't cutting it. Mm. 
Junie tells her he's done with the spy game, and he says family is all that matters. She says everyone is your family, and Junie says that's pushing it. She says think about it because he's a good spy. Think about the future. <laughs> think about the future. Eckhart. And then she shoots him in the head. Jack uh, Nicholson in the Batman The movie. Batman film. Uh, then she flies away out the way she came as the footage is reversed. Just then. <laughs> did the you notice? The editing techniques. <laughs> did you, the 3D. <laughs> reverse that footage. <laughs> yeah, can't, exactly. Can't put her on a... Um, can't do any wire work backwards and yeah. it goes forward. So reverse the footage. Yeah. Just then, Junie gets a call and he pulls up a big computer screen. It's George Clooney and he asks Junie if his paycheck for this movie is in the mail yet. <laughs> Not really. It's his character Devlin. Speaking of Batman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Devlin, who is the director of the OSS when it was a secret organization, but now he's president. Devlin tells Junie he's needed by the OSS, and Junie says if he hears one more thing about the OSS, he'll personally sneak into the White House and take a shit in the Lincoln bedroom and not tell Devlin where it is. <laughs> Devlin says Junie's sister Carmen is missing, and Junie is concerned as, his, as he looks at a framed picture he has of his sister. Next, we see Junie cruising through the OSS headquarters. He lands in front of Donegan Giggles, the bad guy from the second one, but he's good now because it's implied his wife beat his ass. Yeah. Mike Judge and Selma Hayek, power couple. Oh, yeah. If Selma Hayek were my wife, I'd let her beat my ass, too. Hmm. Um, I'd let her hmm. beat it black and blue. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Donegan, hey. <laughs> Donegan and his wife, Francesca, tell Junie the new video game, Game Over, the one Junie neglected charity for, is actually <laughs> a trap set up by the toy maker in order to take over kids' minds and trap them in the game. Junie is told Carmen was sent in to shut down the game, but she's trapped on the fourth level. This is anti-video game propaganda. I know. George R.R. Uh, R. Rodriguez, I do not appreciate this. <laughs> Come on, boys. George Robert Rodriguez Martin, I do not like this. Yes, I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like video game propaganda. <laughs> uh, well, Keep going. Uh, so her her brain is trapped. She's in suspended. Her anim- brain is trapped. Get her brain out of there. <laughs> Attack of the trapped brain. Fifty <laughs> sci-fi horror movie. That's how the movie should have ended. Is is uh, Carmen's brain attacks all then? And that would Judy's have been like, Carmen, it's me. Your brother Juni. <laughs> and uh, and she and the brain picks up a baseball bat and hits him. <laughs> and beats the shit out. Put, pummeling puts him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or puts him in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Carmen, it's, it's me, Carmen. I don't know any Judy. <laughs> Who's Judy? <laughs> uh, Already a better movie. <laughs> Junie asks why Carmen would go into the game without backup, and Mrs. Giggles says her one and only option wouldn't answer their calls, effectively shaming his ass. Yep. They say he has to go in to get her, but don't get to level five because it'll free the toy maker, who's pissed the OSS trapped him in the virtual world. The couple make sure to tell him again to make sure. Woo! The couple tell him again to make sure the toy maker doesn't go free, and they shoot him into the virtual world. There's a funny joke in there mm-hmm. to where they're like they're giving exposition, mm-hmm. Selma Hayek and Mike Judge, and uh, they're like, "We trapped him in the virtual world." You know, and he's, he's like, why did you trap him in the virtual world? And Mike Judge is like, it was so long ago. We don't remember. It. Yeah. And then and that, I was like, that, that's, that's, that's kind of I laughed at the that. The thing is, like, Mike Judge says things and I just picture him and like, a, he's like, you dumb old man. Yeah. Just, I just think of like, yeah. And Beavis and Butthead when he yeah. plays like the. Think of Mr. Van Dries like and the, like, the okay. side characters. Yeah. You, Beavis and Butthead. You guys are just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, it just, I just hear Mike Judge animated characters yeah. saying that. Um, and also, Junie has 12 hours to get assist and skedaddle. Yeah. Uh, Junie lands in a cartoon world and is charged by frogs on pogo sticks. Now, here's here's where it gets kind of hokey. But then again, like, A, it's a kid's movie, and B, yeah. the setting is inside of a video game. Yeah. So if things look super, like, tacky or yeah. things the look CGI super... CGI looks weird. Yeah, it looks yeah. cartoonish. That's the point. They're in a video game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, I mean, the same could go for... Sharp one lava girl or Tron or Tron. Shark one lava girl or Tron. Yes. Star Wars. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
but I, I'm laughing more at the way you attacked the mic on that <laughs> Star Wars. You like you like shifted your shoulder forward, <laughs> but uh, um, but that doesn't mean it's still the CG. <laughs> the CGI doesn't look like super. There's awkward. There's there's awkward movements. People yeah. like they have to act against a, a green screen. Yeah. So. And sometimes they're acting on their own, so sometimes yeah. like the movements they have to make are like super awkward. And don't like, you have a tennis ball to give them like yeah. a focal point to mm-hmm. like work towards? There's a lot of the running that is obvious. Of course, they're running in place, but yeah. like it again, it's all against the green screen, and I get it. So it gets a pass because it's a kids movie, and 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 Robert, I don't give it a pass. Well, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, Robert yeah. Rodriguez's mo with these yeah. types of movies, it's it's super like over the top. Here's the thing, I. Like, I think his kids' movie, the movies that we've done on here are corny and stupid, but mm. Robert Rodriguez is no slouch. No, he's not. He he is, like, at least on in this movie, he was writer, director, producer, production designer, editor, cinematographer, composer, visual effects supervisor, and it's all, for the most part, competently done. There's a reason he's super well-respected. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not some hack that does, Plus, like, vanity he, projects. He directed From Dust Till Dawn. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like a highly touted movie, a movie like Desperado. Yeah. Which like so he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's he yeah. He this isn't someone who doesn't understand how to make a movie. Like no, everything in this movie is very intentional. I think he's probably super silly with his kids. Yeah. And these are for his kids. Yeah. Um Rocket which, and Racer. Yeah. And one of them was so inspired they wrote a movie. Yeah. Called Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And they were just a mere boy. Exactly. Um, but back to this movie. Junie lands in a cartoon world and is charged by frogs on pogo sticks. Just then, a boy with goofy eyewear runs up collecting gold coins. The bo- <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, the boy approaches Junie with a scowl, but then just picks up Mark's glasses. <laughs> that would have been nice. The boy approaches Junie with a scowl and then just picks up a coin at Junie's feet. He approaches Junie with a scalpel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the Give thing. Give me that goddamn coin. There's too many instances where Junie isn't pummeled no uh, the boy then hitches a ride with one of the pogo frogs and we are deprived of a random act of violence because we didn't attack Junie. Junie follows suit so he jumps on an incoming pogo frog however it's another player and the player with regular eyewear wonders why the hell Junie's trying to pogo jack him <laughs> Junie says he needs help and the kid tells him to buzz off and he pushes Junie off his ride karma bitch yeah. I don't remember why I wrote that. Maybe it's because he didn't give to charity. I don't uh, know. Pro- probably. When you said regular eyewear, i.e. Uh, eyeglasses. Glasses. <laughs> yeah. uh, Junie falls to his death in the game, and a graphic pops up on Ju- uh, uh, out of Junie's suit showing a number decrease. A small robot with Sly, Stallone's, with Sly Stallone's voice tells him he lost a life. If Junie loses all nine, he loses the game, and he also only has four hours now. He he's like, why did I lose eight hours? Time flies, and you're playing a game. Which like, is true. It's true, but why did he lose eight hours? That's a that's a significant amount of time. One time, I was playing GTA Four, and I lost twelve hours without even realizing <laughs> it. Yeah, I went to work. Well, I didn't work for twelve hours, but <laughs> I remember I went to work, came home, and you're still playing it. Mm-hmm. Well, like I say I'm a fun boy. I like I like video games. I'm yeah. a video game boy. Hey, there you go. You're a gamer guy. Fun guy. You're a gamer dude. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> Junie gets put back into the game and now encounters the two boys from earlier. Their names are Arthur and Francis, and they ask him who he is, and he makes sure to let them know he's a secret agent, and he says he needs to get to level five. They scoff and look off camera and tell somebody named Rez that the scrub is trying to get to level five. Rez is cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah. And here's another kind of funny thing that is kind of played pretty straight is like, he's like, this is Rez. And Junie's like, hi, Rez. Anyway. Hi, and, Rez. And I was like, oh, oh okay. That's, that's, that's See, goofy. Robert Rodriguez, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rez is a cool guy. He's sitting atop a giant bullseye, and he calls bullshit on little Junie. And he was, he was, in, he was like, "I was in Port Charles." He was in Port Charles. <laughs> yeah, That's baby. soap opera. Yes, uh, Junie realizes the boys are all beta testers, and he tries to bribe them with cheats. But Rez says it's against the rules. Junie says he needs to get to level two, and the boys. <laughs> That's not to, very cool. He needs to get to base two. <laughs> You know what's not cool? Following rules. Yeah, that's, that's not very cool. That wouldn't be very good. Yeah, Junie should have been like, I thought you said you were cool, man. Yeah, I thought you were a cheater, man. Yeah. Uh, Junie says he needs to get to level two, and the boys instruct Junie to run into the bullseye, and it'll bounce him to the moon. 
Junie goes with it, and he bounced and he's and he's bounced out of the stratosphere. The boys look on and comment how they got rid of the dope. Junie finds himself on the moon, down another life, and thoroughly tricked. <laughs> the rules. <laughs> the rules. <laughs> the small rocky robot flies by and says Junie has a call from the OSS. He accepts it, and Beavis and Selima Hayek, <laughs> Selma Hayek, whoops, pop, Selima Hayek, <laughs> pop up and tell him. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, that's as soon as it pops up. How's it going? Um, so, let me touch her boobs. <laughs> lucky. Uh, lucky. Pop and tell. Uh, so they pop up and tell him they can't help him anymore, but he can use a lifeline either then or later. Junie hastily chooses then, and they say he can bring someone in. He asks to see his family, and he picks his wheelchair-bound grandfather, based upon his heightened intelligence and upper body strength. <laughs> Grandpa materializes and wonders why Junie interrupted his stories in wheelchair sitting in the den. Uh, Junie says the toy maker has Carmen, and he needs to help stop. He needs help stopping him. Grandpa gets serious and says he's been waiting thirty years to get his hands on the toy maker. Just then, an item pops up and gives Grandpa the ability to walk. Yeah, and. Just because I'd I'd seen the previous two movies mm-hmm. and were Grandpa and Grandma they weren't in the first movie no they were in the, the second, second one though yeah they didn't so, like Gregorio this is true um, which with Ricardo Montalban it's like I thought Gregorio was your son that would make more sense <laughs> yeah um, whatever but um uh, yeah it, it at the time when it's introduced it's kind of forced <laughs> and I forgot about it and I was like did you give up after a year yeah like why are we just hearing about this now yeah. But then as the movie goes mm-hmm. on, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's care. fine. Yeah. I always like Ricardo Montalban is like the toy maker. Yeah. I, I, like how, I, like, I like the way he talks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so he's been waiting 30 years to get his hands on the toy maker. Just then, an item pops up gives Grandpa the ability to walk. Grandpa takes on a robot suit and starts flipping around. <laughs> Junie tells his Grandpa it's time to go, but Grandpa gets distracted by a butterfly you and he runs walk. off. I can do more than that. that. My first exposure to anything Conan (laughs) O'Brien was when this movie was about to come out, and we were flipping through channels or something, and Late Night with Conan O'Brien was on back in 2003. Yeah, 2003, uh, Yeah, He had a a little clip where he's like, you know, Spy Kids 3D, da-da-da-da-da, and like... We have a clip from it, actually. Yeah, and he's like, I can do more than that, and it shows, um, it shows like a hokey animated character. He's like, I can mate with with a sheep. (laughs) (laughs) So that's every time I still think of that. (laughs) And what a, what a great way to be exposed to Conan O'Brien. I can mate with a sheep. Exactly. (laughs) 17 years later, he's my, he's my comedy idol. Yeah. Um, I also would like to thank grandpa's telling Junie, I'm going to break all the rules and I'm going to blame it on you. That would be hilarious. (laughs) Uh, it's a coup. Uh, <laughs> it's a coup. <laughs> Grandpa gets distracted by a butterfly and he runs off. Can it's a, it's a coup. It's, you can't do anything with elderly people these days. If it isn't a butterfly, it's some bullshit on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's uh, chasing that butterfly in all caps. Exactly. Uh, found a butterfly today. <laughs> yes. Then had some wine. Stomp, and, stomp, had stomp. Had some wine and steak. It was just so good. Mm, can't wait to go to bed. Yeah, exactly. I'm watching two and a half a man. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) We cut to the toy maker looking through a viewing globe, watching Junie's moves and seeing his G-Paw. Gaze into the the viewing globe. Yeah. Zordon. Yep. Power Uh, Rangers. Yes. Uh, The toy maker says some stuff about bombing his ass. (laughs) And it turns around and we see three separate slides. Boom. And everyone's ass. (laughs) One is a hippie. One is a World War I German looking general. And one is a bald, nerdy scientist. Is this where you... This is the Ernest P. He he goes all Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah, because in the Ernest movies, Ernest dips into these different characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Jim Varney is a genius. Exactly. and Sly's fine in, in all these roles. Um, and yeah. they all start talking about what the toy maker needs to do once children are enslaved. Sly <laughs> wonders who all these Ernest P. Worrell mother effers are, and they <laughs> say they are him. The toy maker watches them disappear, and he sees Carmen in suspended animation on his end of things. Anywho, Junie finds himself in a battle arena. A jovial boy walks over and says a new challenger has arrived. Junie says he just needs to get to level two. The child says, then you've come to the wrong place. But then he tells Junie that if he wins, he'll get to level two. Wouldn't that mean if so, if he has come to the right place, it'll just be... Ch- okay. 
if he's come to the wrong place, then in no way would it be connected they would offer to level two. No help. They'd even be like, level two, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Bring us Bill, give us Bill Paxton in this role. Yes, I know he shows up later as his mm-hmm. role in the second one, Dinky Winks. But give us, don't draw any attention to it and give Bill Paxton this role. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, you could Well, just, I don't know anything about no level two. Yeah, like, if, if, if he's come to the wrong place, then there's no connection to level two. The goddamn movie's called Game Over. His mm. most famous line is, game over, man. Game over. Which is, he says it later. Oh, uh, yeah, he does. So Damn there's it. that. Well, it'd, be, it'd be better here if maybe he maybe he's channeling his character from Aliens, and, and the, he's in this role facilitating this robot fight, and then, uh, and then Junie, Junie beats... Junie wins, and he's like, "Hmm, game over, man," or something like that. Yeah, he 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 says it later, but in regards to what actually happened in the movie, yeah. I think it would have been better if the jovial boy was like, uh, "I'm looking for level two. Well, if you're looking for level two, it's not going to be that easy. You have yeah, to do this exactly. Instead of then you come to the wrong place. Yeah, because then he goes on and talks about how if he wins the battle, then he's going to level two. Yeah, then so you're helpful. The, so he's in the right place. So it's so facto." It's the right place. Exactly. <clears throat> anyway, Junie's put on a platform, then in a suit, and is raised into a giant robot. What are those called again? Uh, the robots? No, yeah, because like in uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, the, uh, Gaijins. Gaijins. Yeah. No, no, Gaijins no. the creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what they're called. Yeah. Um, Roblox. Yes. Either way, uh, um, Pacific Rim kicks ass. Yeah. Um, so Junie's put yeah. on a platform. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is told he's facing... Gasp! A girl. Rut row. Um, dun dun dun. A girl. They walk to the center and face each other. Junie tries to act suave, but he's a goon, so it doesn't work. Yeah, you're no Ricardo Montalban. Exactly. He holds his hand out as a gesture of goodwill, but it causes his robot to hit the girl and her robot. She takes this as an she takes this as an attack, and she starts wailing on Junie. The girl says her name is Demetra, and she proceeds to kick Junie's ass. Pavel Dimitra. Yes. Junie keeps trying to run away, but Dimitra keeps tying him up. Eventually, Junie starts running really fast in circles, and it causes Dimitra's robot to to, to twist around itself, which also causes Dimitra to get dizzy. The robot falls apart, and Dimitra is defeated. She loses a few lives, and Junie is shot away again. He gets to keep his suit, too. He, yeah. f- he falls on his face, but no blood. He gets you a nice suit. Yeah. Miami uh, Connection. Miami Connection. Greatest bad movie of all time, mm-hmm. and I will hear no arguments. Yes. He walks out in front of the Game Over billboard, and he stands in the exact position the character on the game is standing. We see the three trouble boys looking at him, and f- the Francis, the Francis? And Francis, the nerdy kid, tells Rez that Junie is the guy. To which no one said... Calm down, Francis. Yeah. Settle down, Lighten Francis. Lighten up, Francis. Lighten up, Francis. Yeah. Uh, I meaning, couldn't even get the quote right. That's all right. So the guy, meaning the guy on the game cover, who's yeah. supposed to be this, like, superhero. Yeah. Um, Junie approaches and says he still needs their help. He tries to say he is... he. He tries to say he's the guy, but they don't believe him. He tries to, like, play yeah. into them saying that. He's like, yeah, no, I am the guy, and also, they don't believe him. Why is one of the levels not named Fantasy Island? Um, because Robert Rodriguez isn't as good as we were giving him credit for. True. Um, the only way for him to prove anything is to participate in a race. Everybody saddles up on various vehicles and they say, so there, there's more action in a lot of these moments. There's more kind of connecting transitional stuff, but some of the stuff is just like, you kind of get the idea. Yeah. Um, everybody saddles up on various vehicles and they say they'll help Junie. Maybe. We see a mysterious character in a helmet right up to the starting line. The figure points at Junie and motions they will murder him. The race starts, and it's like <laughs> Wacky Racers mixed with Death Race 2000. Mixed with Tron. Mixed with Tron, yes. <laughs> the race starts, and everyone tries various ways to dispatch of Junie. He narrowly escapes several times, and in one instance is picked up by his grandpa, and he's told to do better. Junie continues to do what else but complain and cry. But eventually, Junie lucks into winning by sliding across the finishing line on an errant hubcap. Rez, Arthur, and Francis are finally convinced Junie is the guy. Mm -hmm. Then the mysterious figure approaches the boys and reveals themselves to be Demetra. Grandpa approaches approaches and Junie calls him Grandpa. 
The others are puzzled, and Junie says he's a wizard. <laughs> That's what I say when people are perplexed when I talk to my grandpa. Yes. Uh, Who's he, that? Uh, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> yeah. he's like, uh, he could have just said it was your grandpa. He likes gristle on, on pork sticks. Exactly. Uh, he likes it so much he turns into a pork he's, stick. He's the gristle wizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crew say they'll help Junie with Francis's brain, Arthur's strength, and Rez's cool which isn't particularly useful unless there's a jukebox who need, <laughs> uh, you need to conquer, but you can only turn it on by hitting it. Yes. Um, and Demetra's intuition. As we've seen and will continue to see, the shtick is Junie is a chicken shit and is lucking out on winning challenges. Mm-hmm. Back with Butthead and Selma Hayek, yes. she comments at how well they're doing. Uh, Donegan says a little too well. They've caught the attention of programmers who think the group is cheating. In a wasteland part of the game, the groups are off to level three. Teenage wasteland. Yes. My favorite Who song, Teenage Wasteland. (laughs) (laughs) It's not called that! (laughs) Uh, The guys tell Junie, or Freaks and Geeks, Bob O'Reilly. Yeah. The song's Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Um, Man, what a show. That was a good show. The guys tell Junie about how they've caught the attention of programmers, and if they catch them with contraband, it's back to level one. That's why Junie found them so early on. Arthur was playing dirty. Grandpa surmises that if the programmers program the game, they must work for the toy maker. For a split, when you said Arthur was playing dirty, I thought of uh, uh, Jerry Stiller. (laughs) Arthur, the the only good part about King and Queens. Arthur's playing dirty! Uh, Maybe that or Patton Oswalt. That too, Um, yeah. The group split up to find a way to get to level three. Junie advises against that, but rightfully so, no one listens. Junie turns around to see even Grandpa has left him. Jeez, he give you an invalid legs, and this is how they repay you. <laughs> exactly. I'm doing things I've wanted to do for a long time. You can't catch me! Abandoned my grandchildren. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> run away from my family. Run away from my problems. Yes. But I've never been able to do it because I'm in a wheelchair. Dames uh, uh, de breaks. The wheelchair breaks. <laughs> uh, Junie runs into Demetra, and she says she knows he isn't the guy. She says she's seen him, and Junie ain't him. Junie asks why programmers are after them, and she said they sensed one of them has a cheat. Yes, white programmers are after us. (laughs) 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 She's the one with the cheat. She reveals a map she has, and Junie gets excited. Dirty cheat. You're a dirty cheat. Uh, just then, two she is a dirty cheat to Junie. <laughs> Grandpa just pops out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Just then, two gentlemen in overcoats catch them red-handed. Junie starts crying for his grandpa, and the guys <laughs> laugh at the little baby. Grandpa! <laughs> Man, this kid is a whiny little baby. Like Grandpa! Kids! Yeah. Whoa! Hey! Yes. Jurassic Park. Yes. Is why why at least they gave Carmen some sort of leadership strength. Yeah. Junie has always been like the one who gets in trouble. Yeah. And then the one who whines and cries yeah. all the time. Which is fine for like the first movie. Yeah. I don't remember enough about the second. But in this one. You need a counterbalance lead character. Yeah. Just then Grandpa picks the programmers up by their scruff and asks why they are accosting his grandson. The others arrive and Francis uses a ray gun that shows the programmers are just two basement dwellers and mm-hmm. everyone laughs. Yep. Gramps sends them packing. And then and the end credits come up, and the, the theme song plays over it, and that's the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, Miller Boyette production. Yes. <laughs> I, no res, I didn't get any resolution. Well, it's the last movie, so sorry. Uh, Gramps sends them packing, and it's on to level three. Junie warns against them encountering the toy maker, but Grandpa says don't follow the OSS rules, because he isn't. Back with the toy. I am the OSS. <laughs> and Grandpa goes get crazy. Yeah, yeah he said, like, I'm crazy. And then, uh, <laughs> I'm crazy. Uh, I started like this robot suit. <laughs> Back with the toy maker and his other personalities, they praise Junie for how well he's doing. It's revealed the toy maker wants Junie to get to him mm-hmm. because he knows when he does, Grandpa won't resist setting him free to F him up. All the personalities walk away and say how they should help him, but then they also say that would be cheating in the game. The toy maker says it isn't a game, it's life. And he try and he's trying to get out. So he gives Junie a gift. Did you are you getting to where Grandpa says the toy maker put him in the wheelchair? Or did you pass over that? It's in there somewhere. I don't like my involuntary reaction was laughter. <laughs> like I started cracking of me says, Thirty years ago he put me in this wheelchair. Not because he became physically disabled. Mm-hmm. 
but because I I like started brainstorming how it happened. <laughs> so like so they just do a he does a like a flashback mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> Sly. It's like current that like 2003 Sylvester Stallone 2003 Ricardo Montalban. He says Sylvester Stallone has a bad wig and like is in 70s garb mm-hmm. and it's CHI. CGI Ricardo Montalban in 70s garb and a bad wig. So it's like he like it's <clears throat> real Sly Stallone fighting CGI Ricardo Montalban, but it's a flashback and they both have bad 70s wigs and garb mm-hmm. on. Yes. And that that's it's uh, just craziness. Ha- he, yeah. Yep. I, yep. Oh, you know what? According to my notes, Carmen is explaining all that. So mm, so you haven't gotten right. to it yet. Yes. Uh, Sly Stallone put Ricardo Montalban in a wheelchair. Yes. Every time we say Carmen, I think of the opera Carmen. Oh, um, I, I. And then I think don't. of Carmen Friga Miranda. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the group walk into a different setting overseeing Home Cliff. Star Runner. Yes. They see that Junie has a gift, and it's, pa- and, it's, and it's a pack for giving himself more lives. He decides to give it to Demetra because he's smitten. Oh, yeah. And, and I was just imagining all the other guys like, what the hell? Hey, we've actually been helping you this whole time. Yeah. Well, we try to kill you, but, you know, oh, well. But that happens. People change. That's how friendship starts. <laughs> exactly. Your friends try to kill you, and then when you evade their, their murderous attempts, they're like, you're real strong. I want to be your friend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the group talk more about beating level five, and Junie asks Arthur why he's playing. Everyone backs up, leaving Junie by himself with Arthur to imply that Arthur is touchy about the subject. Yes. Arthur approaches, and maybe this means Junie will get an ass whooping. But alas, our expectations are diverted when Arthur just starts talking about his family. Yeah. They're poor, and, and if he wins, the riches could help them out. The voice, and there's been a voice on every level yeah, letting yeah. him know what's going on, it's, and it's Sly's voice. Yeah. Um, the voice comes over and welcomes the group to level three. It calls for the group to pick their best challenger, which they pick Junie. Then, they'll, then they're called to pick their strongest, that being Arthur. But Junie's also the strongest. Yeah, okay. Did Junie write this part? <laughs> Not Daryl Sabara, Junie. Junie. <laughs> yeah. uh, the two step onto separate platforms, and they're suspended high above the ground. The platforms turn to face one another, and they're instructed to take a weapon. The voice says they must fight each other. One will advance, and the other mm. will die. Or be booted from the game. Something, yeah. oh, something like that. Yeah, it's like, that's the thing. They never exactly like expressly say mm-hmm. that if you die in the game you die in real life it's not that's not the case but that's how it kind of feels especially if the your the toy maker has your brain yeah exactly so Sylvester Stallone can have my brain if he wants sure um so Junie gets I got a burp come on let Ooh, it out baby excuse me come on you got some more excuse me <laughs> shut up <laughs> don't dictate my gas <laughs> Uh, <laughs> who are you, the government? <laughs> now the government's going to start taxing my gas. <laughs> yeah, my gas has gone up a dollar. And I mean uh, bodily excretions, not my not not gas my, you not put in spire. your automobile. They're, they're yeah, yeah. tax my spire. Anyway, <laughs> neither boy wants to fight each other, but that's too damn bad. They face off and Arthur starts to attack, and Junie, you guessed it, runs away. Junie is in a prone position, and just when it looks like <laughs> curtains for him, the action halts. The voiceover says Junie has been tagged out. Enough. <laughs> I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah. And it's God. <laughs> you think life is a game? <laughs> I created you for a special purpose, and you're squandering everything. Stop using magazines to do bad things. <laughs> Heavy metal music is against me, and I don't like it. (laughs) Christian rock is the devil. (laughs) It didn't happen. Uh, No. And I'm very lightheaded now. Sorry, Lord. I'm I'm, sorry for barking, Lord. I'm nut. Uh, Anyway, the boys are confused, and Junie's platform is replaced with Demetra's. Junie says she doesn't have to do this, but Demetra says it's better this way. Just then, combat resumes and Arthur destroys Demetra's platform, causing her to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. Junie looks on in shock and belly aches and didn't even get her email address. Aww. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, Joby. Uh, sorry, Joby. Uh, oh, Joby. <laughs> That's so nasty. I can't believe it's you did that. It's the nastiest thing I've ever seen you do. <laughs> um, Arthur apologizes as the group walks off. 
Grandpa looks at the butterfly and starts dressing it down. But it isn't a senile. You are a stupid butterfly. It, is, it isn't a senile old man ranting at an insect. <laughs> old no. man yells at clouds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the butterfly has been tracking. It has been a tracking device sent out by the toy maker, and Grandpa knew it. He says he hopes the toy maker is happy, and he will find him and make him pay. At some point, the OSS gets pissed because Grandpa is encouraging the team to find the toy maker, and they find out he and gr- the toy maker and Grandpa have history, and they they're upset. Grandpa wants revenge. Um, it might be later on. I don't know, but there's there's a moment yeah, when I was making notes and I was like, oh, I forgot too. that the OSS yeah. sees that Soma Hayek asked right. for a history between the two. The toy maker looks on, and there's more silliness with his personalities. The toy maker decides to give the kids a volley, and he sets Carmen free from her captivity. You know who I'm glad didn't show up in this movie is Quentin Tarantino. Me too. Um, yeah, c- yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I, I trust you. I tw- yeah, the cinnamon in the game. Also, uh, let me see your toes. <laughs> Shut up, geek. Yeah. Um, the group arrive at level four, and Junie realizes Carmen should be close by. He tries reaching her telepathically, and she sounds close. Because she is. 50 minutes in. And Behind you. Ale- <laughs> uh, 50 minutes in and Alexa Vega starts her work day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The group follow. Thank God there's only half hour left. Yep. This movie's short. This movie's, yeah, only like 82 minutes long. That's what's so. great. These movies are short. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. Yes. So you can watch it there. You don't have to pay if for it. If you want. Uh, <laughs> the group follow Carmen and Junie as they walk across level four. Carmen asks who the, who the hangers on are and what the hell Grandpa's doing with them. And where the hell did those legs come from? Has he been Grandpa Joe in our asses all these years? The real villain of that movie. Exactly. Now that he's got a chance to be a cool video game and wear a robo suit, his spine works again? <laughs> Answer me, Junie! I've been comatose for days! Speak, crybaby! She's, she's saying all this while... Speak, she, crybaby! She's saying all this while she dangles Junie over a chasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not really, unfortunately. Also, the rest of this episode were notes I took hours after i watched the movie and not while i watched the movie ah yes so if i miss some things that's too damn bad um i'm tired of digging holes grandpa that's too damn bad holes came out around this time too it did i that i like that movie yeah i like the book too uh but uh, judy's not over a chasm um, and this isn't holes. Uh, <laughs> but she did ask who his pals are. Junie says they've been helping him. Rez says now that Junie has his friend, he needs to let them know how to get to level five and who Carmen thinks she is and yada, yada, yada. Where in the world were you? Where were you, Carmen, San Diego? Uh, Carmen tells him he doesn't ask the question, she does. Okay. Um, right. The group come across... So any cl- questions? Yeah. <laughs> All right, game over. Just when questions come up, I ask them. Yeah. Okay. If so I have questions, I will ask ref- them. <laughs> Refrain from asking questions. I'm the only one who asks questions when I have them. Yes. But I currently don't have any, so let- let's go. Yes. Oh, look, a cliff with lava. Uh, and they, of course, want to avoid it. So they go a different direction. Back mm, with the toy maker. Lava. Mm, lava. Uh, mm. Back with the toy maker and his friends. He wants them to head to where... The toy maker wants the kids to head where they'll be led to level five. So he sends a little ro- he sends little robot monsters after them. They all awkwardly run away, and Junie cries for Grandpa again. Gramps kicks a couple robot mites and then follows the others. Carmen jumps off the cliff but manages to get a surfboard from the side of the cliff. I'm surprised that didn't start playing, or some variation of it. There was some sort of surf rock version of yeah. the Robert Rodriguez score. Yeah. Uh, the other oh, guys... Yeah. Uh, so also in Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, the little the little song that plays when Wonder Woman shows up, yeah. it sounds like it's from Spy meow, Kids. Meow, meow. So it took yeah, me it out does. of it. Yep, exactly. Um, the other amongst guy, other things, yes. Although I do like Batman v Superman. Right. Uh, the other guys do the same, meaning jumping off the cliff and getting surfboards. So now they're all equipped with surfboards. Junie hesitates to do the same and decides to cry some more. <laughs> Grandpa comes up from behind and kicks a tree into a surfboard. He jumps the cliff to join the surf and safari. <laughs> yep. Junie finally caves and jumps to catch some bitchin' waves. <laughs> the crew are surfing the lava, but OSS isn't pleased. The Cortezes are not trying to make their way out. Instead, they're veering off course and looking to shut the game down, which is, I thought, what they were supposed to do. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, Selma Hayek instructs the workers to create lava monsters or some sort of obstacles to kill the players. As she coasts, Carmen sees a giant lava monster, and it wipes her out. The others are dispatched, and finally Junie is drowned as well. Back at Ho-SS, Hank, Hank Hill and Selma Hayek are confused as to why they're not back yet. 
It seems the toy maker ensured they stay in the game, so they all swim to an underwater location and find themselves in front of a door saying L5. Level, Level five. five. Carmen and Junie approach, approach the door, and Francis tells Rez the game's manual, there's something, mentions the deceiver. Somehow in their, someone in their midst who will lead them astray. Francis says it's Junie, and they have to take him, him and Carmen out. Rez agrees. The crew realize they only have a few minutes before the servers flood with players. Francis says competition, but Carmen says not, nah, just more people the toy maker is going to trap. Junie winces as Carmen realizes Junie never told the others about why he was there and what the toy maker's intent with the game was. The others want to know where the gold at, and they give <laughs> Junie the third degree about whether he's the guy or not. Off camera, we hear someone say Junie isn't, but whoever has that voice is. Out of the shadows... Enter... Steps Mr. Radio Flyer himself, the and guy, Elijah Wood, looking forever young. Exactly. Was that Elijah Wood in that movie? Um, or am I just confusing it with Radio Flyer? You might be confusing it with Radio Flyer. God, hold on. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> um, so Elijah Wood is randomly there, um, and he has a silver getup on, and everyone is in awe. It was Rod Stewart. That's who I was thinking. Rod Stewart <laughs> was with Mel Gibson <laughs> in Forever Young. Wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis in Forever Young? Uh, what movie was that? I'm, I'm, that was My Girl. <laughs> she wasn't My Girl. <laughs> yes. that's, a, that's a cute movie. That is a um, cute movie. He rallies, uh, Elijah Wood rallies everyone and gives a rousing speech about how behind the door is untold prizes. That was Elijah Wood. Okay. Mm. All right. Good job. Screw you, Mel Gibson. Was Jamie Lee Curtis in that too? She was in that movie. Okay. Good so call. I'm not going crazy. We are uh, both smart boys. You know who else is in that movie? George Went. Oh, well. Angelo Morton and David Marshall Grant. Say Angelo Morton. No, Joe Morton. Oh, okay. Who's Nicholas Cerevoix? Jo- Jojo Morton. Art LaFleur is in Art it? LaFleur, famous yeah. character actor Art LaFleur, mm-hmm. the great Bambino. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, back to this movie. Uh, the guy, Elijah Wood, rallies everyone and gives a rousing speech about how behind the door is untold prizes. Riches fit for ten kings. It's all for the taking, and if they band together, they can defeat the fifth level. Everyone goes, yeah, and yeah. Elijah Wood leads the way. As soon as the doors level, as soon as the door, oh my god! As soon as the doors to level five open, Elijah Wood steps in, says "cake," and then is given a million volts for his trouble. Do you remember if you had any sort of reaction to that? I think like it, like because it was a swerve. Obviously, I wasn't used to swerves at the time, yeah. so I was like, "What?" Yeah, and so I don't remember. Again, yeah. this was you know almost 20 years ago. Yeah. So like, I don't remember exactly how I felt, but I remember like being disappointed that I think disappointment was mm-hmm. probably the, what I remember. I wasn't used to that. Now yeah. I know that that's a device. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so a filmmaker can be cheeky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially in this case. So it was, is a, a comedic device. Yes, exactly. It's, it's all for the comedy. Yeah. Um, so with the way it was constructed, the music crescendoing right. and like oh, yeah. the, the, the rah-rah rah speech. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the guy falls backwards, and his life count goes from 100 to zero in the blink of an eye. Everyone is horrified, and Francis cries out for the guy. The group make their way inside, and they see Demetrius standing there. I loved him. <laughs> he was my boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Cloris Leachman. Yes. This, uh, that doesn't count as your second time on the show. No. Uh, I don't think you'll ever make it again. Nope. Who knows? Unless Jeannie's- we do just do Mar- Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> The whole series. The whole series. It's the Mary Tyler Moore Show podcast. Yeah, so Demetra is standing there, and Junie says he thought she croaked, but she says she got better. (laughs) Got better. It's super suspect, and Carmen is saying Demetra isn't real. Junie says that's impossible, but Carmen goes up and swipes at what is revealed to be a hologram. Catfishing. Mm Mm-hmm. Before catfishing. Junie got catfished. This is online dating. No, uh-huh. she's real. But no, it's she... just a bot created oh by the website. Oh, my God. Yep. Well, that's very good. Yep. Demetra is revealed to be the deceiver, and she says she was programmed to lead them there. Junie doesn't sulk for long because the toy maker shows up via a giant projection and congratulates the team for winning. Their prize? They stay in the game while toy maker escapes. The group run out to escape, and Grandpa attempts to shut the game down. Demetra tells him to go. Uh, Grandpa came back. I forgot. And that she can... Do- and I she- am back. <laughs> you can get rid of me that easily. Yeah. Uh, Demetra tells them to go, and she can do it to make up for lying to everyone. Hold the door. I can't. I'm in a wheelchair. Oh, no, his brain's back still <laughs> in the wheelchair. He's evolving back into a wheelchair. 
He turns into a wheelchair. <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> does. Now he's a singing, talking wheelchair. Made <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Corinthian leather. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah. Uh, the crew escape, and the boys give Carmen their emails. Junie tells Grandpa they need to leave, but Grandpa doesn't want to lose his legs again. Junie says he's got us, so Grandpa asks Junie from here on out to remember him as someone with working legs and not in a wheelchair. Yeah, but here, well, he's like, he's like, when we go back, I need you to promise you will look at me the same way you are now. It's and like, it's like, but you've been my hero. Yeah, you've been my, you've, yeah. I've never known you yeah. to, to be with legs. I've always looked at you with extreme, like, admiration. Exactly. I and you've always you. been my hero. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that was when, and then Junie didn't, dispute it he's like okay yeah. i was like wait a minute didn't you already look up to your grandpa as a hero yeah exactly. even with even without magic legs yep uh so junie says deal and in a flash they're all back at osshq um also like we've said before there are a million instances to where and junie has to put on 3d glasses in yeah. order to experience the world oh, yeah first of all and, and i remember at the time like the instruction for that movie when you go mm-hmm. to see it in theaters they like prompt you at the beginning yeah, like every 3d glasses every time the prompt is given to put your glasses on mm-hmm. you put them on and that's how that's how the scenes are constructed yeah yeah exactly um so they're taking their 3d glasses off as they get to oss hq uh the giggles congratulate the cortezes but they wonder what came of the toy maker because the game is down grandpa says he set him free Donigan calls him a rotten rat, Fink, but Grandpa says he needs to handle the toy maker or else he's going to do this shit again. Mm-hmm. Junie gets called away, and we see three boys have been found out through their email addresses to be involved with the game. We see Francis is actually a dumb cool dude because he's wearing a leather jacket. Arthur is weak because he has neutral attire and is wearing glasses, and Rez is a pimply geek with greasy hair. Mm. Just then, Devlin comes on screen, and George Clooney starts doing a Stallone impression. Yep. Uh, he goes on about how he's going to make everyone pay, and then Devlin turns into the toy maker. Which, fun fact, they had George Clooney... Like, George Clooney stuff took an afternoon mm-hmm. to in shoot, a, and house. he did it in his house. In his PJ pants. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, the toy maker said, I'm Lucky. wearing... I'm, hey, we get to do this job. We yeah. get to do this activity. Uh, I'm just wearing regular PJ clothes. I'm wearing jeans and shoes. Because you got to travel. I got to travel. Uh, anyway, George Clooney didn't have to travel. Uh, unless he wants to travel to be on the show. Please. 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 Please, George, you're a favorite Batman. Please. Please. We like ERs theme. Please. I think that should do it. <laughs> I, I think we've convinced him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we won't talk about the facts of life. Please. Please. But I like that season. Or Killer Tomatoes or whatever movie you were in. Yeah. Anyway, the toy maker says... I like that season. (laughs) The toy maker says he's now going to start wreaking havoc, and we see he's unleashed a bunch of giant robots. Carmen and Junie find themselves outside and realize they need help. They call on the family. Now, again, the 3D glasses come into play. This is the the climax of the movie. Uh, In the next shot, we get what's supposed to be a comedic moment with the dad working on the fifth brain, which, if you remember, the third brain was the MacGuffin in the first one. Yes. It seems he's losing. I didn't think about that at all. Uh, until yeah. he was working on defeat the brain. I was yeah, like, and then I was shot immediately I was like, back to the oh, first Oh, because the third brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. with Terry Hatcher's in it, too. That's now right. I, oh, I want to go watch the first Spy Kids I again. like the first yeah. Spy Kids. It's not great, but I, I but enjoyed it. Like was, we said at the top. It was a perfect storm There's when I watched it. There's something special yeah. about yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> the last remaining days of playing Triple Play 2001 before yes. it wouldn't spin anymore. New house, new school. Yep. Grand Turismo 2. Yep. Um, so, um, let's see, where am I? So giant robots, Carmen and Junie find themselves outside and realize they need help. They call on the family. So next shot. Uh, so now we're with dad. He's with the fifth brain and a third brain. Uh, he seems he's losing his mind, but then he's told his kids are in danger. So he gives a big dramatic sweeping motion and knocks all of his work into the camera. Again, just to milk more 3d mm-hmm. dad arrives. He uses rocket shoes yeah. and dad arrives um, sees one of the robots and uses his rocket shoes to fly up to it and starts fighting. And Carmen's like, go for it, daddy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Little, little giants. giants. Yeah. Uh, and it's hokey as shit. Yeah. Next mom. Ooh. Uh, mom. Carla and, I'm a big fan of Carla. I Gugino. have had a crush on Carla. She's Gugino. a, she's, she's a good actress. Yeah. For the longest but I've, time. I've had a crush on her for such a yes, long time. Exactly. 
Uh, anyway, uh, next mom and grandma get there, and everyone has to pretend to land because they're acting against a green screen, like we mentioned earlier, and it looks mm-hmm. super animated and unnatural. It looks stupid. Also, they can only see the robots again with 3D glasses, like we mentioned. So Carmen's throwing glasses on everyone's face. Yeah. And mom says, let's kick some metal, which isn't even creative. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> mom and grandma fly to dad's robot, uh, but Carmen and Junie see there are more robots coming. Carmen says they need more family. Then Junie remembers what Gertie said earlier about how everyone is your family. Junie pops up when one of the aerial vehicles shows up, and he's like, "The plane, the plane." Yeah, exactly. And his de- and it, and Grandpa's like, "Good call, Junie." Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Junie, <laughs> excuse Junie, me. Junie calls for everyone, and everyone is the people from all three movies, any significant character from the last three movies mm-hmm. are starting to show up, except the people, oh, no, nobody that Junie encountered in the game. Yeah. But see, uh, we, we get to see Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, so Uncle Machete, Floop and Minion Cheech. from the first movie, uh, Uncle Felix, I'm not your uncle, uh, yeah. Gary and Gertie Giggles, Dinky Winks from two. Bill fucking Paxton. Bill Paxton. Romero from two. Uh, somebody call a loon. Yes. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Uh, Felix. And they all start taking out robots his, in various ways. His three glasses, because his glasses that he wears are cracked mm-hmm. in one of the lenses. And and Carmen's like, sorry, what was his Romero. name? Sorry, Romero. This is the only pair we had left. And he's like, they're perfect. And there's a crack in one of the yeah. lenses. I was like, that, it's, that, this, this part's fun. I, li- I like this part. Yeah. Because um, it reminds me of the last couple yeah. movies in that yeah. whole time in life. Yeah. Um, Grandpa shows uh, so and everyone's taking out robots in various ways, and that's that's when Bill Paxton's like, uh, "Game over, man." Yeah. Like I was like, "Okay, I like that's that." That's really good. Um, yeah. And then Grandpa shows up, and he's gonna face the robot with the toy maker, and I was kind of touched by this part, the way that it was done. I. Th- was it's, too well yeah it's it's touching yeah definitely so grandpa says he needs to deal with them and he flies into the robot and the toy maker has been waiting for him the toy maker goes on but grandpa gives him a reality check the toy maker's negligence or it was something like that yeah 30 years earlier because they were like partners yeah in the and OSS. he like double crossed the oss yeah. yeah caused grandpa to lose the ability to he, he caused him to become a paraplegic yeah. And it took his life away for him. And yeah. he can't walk on the beach with his wife. He missed his daughter's birth and wedding. But it gave him perspective, humility, yeah. spirituality. And he said it took him, It took away, although he took away so much from him, yeah. he forgives him. And I was My, like, that's really nice. That is, that's, yes, that's very touching, like you said. And now it's up to the toy maker to forgive himself. Toy maker sees the error of his ways and he powers down the robot. The two meet up with the group on the ground, and the reformed toy maker, past characters, and the Cortezes all put their hands together in the middle, and they all give one last hurrah to family. And yeah. that is Spy Kids 3D game over. Yes. A nice final ending. That's until they made a fourth. So who gives a shit? Yeah. So I think we've mentioned several times already, but what was good about this movie? So the time at which it came out, 2003, plus, you know, we're 12. Mm-hmm. Sixth grade was awesome. Yeah. Like at for us personally mm-hmm. um but and also this is uh, uh the the what was supposed to be the final installment mm-hmm. of a series that we really liked because because mm-hmm. because we like we've been mentioning before it was a special time yeah and when we were watching as a kid when we were watching the first one we the watched these one. movies one one a lot and then two came out we saw it in yeah. theaters and we watched Two a yeah. lot. And we're talking like when we get the DVDs, because we had the Spy Kids VHS, mm-hmm. but we got the Spy Kids 2 DVD and like just watching special features. Mm-hmm. This is, we first started getting DVDs. Mm-hmm. This is around that time. So you're like enamored by special features and stuff like that. So just diving really deep mm-hmm. into this movie series and then seeing a lot of the characters that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Like when Antonio Banderas first shows up, yeah. there's just this warmth nostalgia that came mm-hmm. over me. And I was yeah. like, this is just... And then Floop and uh, uh, Minion, Minion mm-hmm. shows up. And I was like, I just... I like that time of my life. Like mm-hmm. seeing Spy Kids for the first time, watching it a lot. Yeah. Um, like we said before, a lot of the humor is well-timed and well-placed of course it's a kid's movie so there's a lot you roll your eyes at it's not necessarily like laugh out loud like you no, said no, earlier it's like, not, nef- oh, it's not funny. necessarily like hysterical but yeah. you can recognize oh that's a well-timed joke yeah exactly but there's way more like stuff to roll your eyes at and be mm-hmm. like oh lame kind of yeah. thing so 
for the most part, I mean, I'm not going to like, I probably won't watch this movie again, but I really, the stuff I liked, I really liked just Mm -hmm. for like personal reasons. Yeah. Um, I will say, speaking of special features, uh, Francis the Brain. Yep. Uh, I guess he was an amateur rapper. Yeah, no, every and dancer. So, well, actually, I think he was an actual dancer. Like, I think he was dancing music videos I, and stuff like that. So, what you're about to say is, it always comes up in my. It, yeah. it, it's one of those things that I don't think much about this movie in particular, mm-hmm. but. I will think about what you're about to like talk yeah. about every now and then just randomly. Oh yeah. Alexa Vega did two songs for the soundtrack mm-hmm. because she was an aspiring singer, much like every female actress around her age at that time. Um, and she did a song called game over and she did a song called a uh, 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 heart drive, mm. uh, which actually heart drive. When you get to the melody in the chorus, it's actually a pretty it's, I liked it as a kid, yeah. but the problem is you, I always cringe when I see and I look at people and they think they're cooler than mm, they actually are. Like yep. you can kind of feel it and yeah. tell and stuff like that. And they think they're really cool. Um, that's how I got in this particular special feature because it's a live performance of Heart Drive mm-hmm. with, I guess, Francis the Brain, Bobby Eden, or not Bobby Eaton, yeah. Bobby Eden or whatever his name. Yeah, Edner. Yeah, Edner. Uh, he like raps on it yeah. and he like, starts dancing during like a breakdown and like even as a kid i wasn't like this is cool i was like this is lame yeah no that because we watched it once and i was like this is something i'm gonna avoid from now on because it was just dumb to me i mean when i was a kid i liked alexa vega so like i I was like you know you know she looks attractive here but like yeah yeah yeah. but uh but the rest (laughs) of the time i'm like this is stupid because like and francis the brain Mm. like the guy announcing but yeah it was a performance that I remember seeing e- on special either way. Features. Whenever I think of this movie, I think of that. Yep. Um, but I agree. I agree with all that. It's definitely way better than Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, it's way better than Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I think because Robert Rodriguez still had the reins. I think yeah, Shark Boy yeah. and Lava Girl is just dumb because his son wrote it, and his son was like ten years old. His son co-wrote it. Co. Yeah, yeah co-wrote yeah. it. But still, still, yeah. the the gripe remains. Mm-hmm. Your you let your child write help you write this i get the idea of four kids by a kid yeah yeah but you know eh, i don't know it doesn't work for 30 year old guys and it didn't work for 14 year old guys nope back then either way this movie is fine it's all right it's fine yeah what i want if it it's one of things where i probably won't voluntarily watch it again yeah whatever yeah but it was a it was a nice time in life yeah so yes thank you all as always for listening um check it out if you want who knows uh, yeah, yeah, if you grew up with it and this makes you want to rewatch it, just mm-hmm. to for you know, just to get some modern or just to get some like current perspective on it, uh, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's how we watched it. Yeah. So. But until the next time, the house lights are up, the film's off the reel. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We'll see you next time.